Hey everyone, welcome to the Yerdiwaze Front Page Podcast. In this episode, we talk to Alana Kane of KSCS to speak about the Mental Health Action Team, the work that the team has done throughout the pandemic, and how community members can access support from the team. I have Alana Kane in the studio. Alana Kane is working with the Kanawage Sagotiatagenhas Community Services. And we're in today to talk about the Mental Health Action Team. So welcome, Alana. Yeah, thanks so much. I'm so happy to be here. So before we get started, could you tell us a little bit about who you are and the work you do with KSCS, please? Yeah, absolutely. I'm the manager of mental wellness and addictions at KSCS. So just a little bit kind of what that means is the teams that I manage are um, support counselors. So both on the secondary prevention team as well as psych services and then intake and the addictions response uh, team. So anything that, you know, if folks are coming in with with issues related to that. So all those teams are what uh, fall under me. A kind of newer role that I guess is kind of why we're here today specifically is that I'm also a member of the mental wellness action team. So I know we're going to get into that a little bit more, but uh, but yeah, so that's kind of my role um, at KSCS. And the mental health action team, that's a little bit newer. I know that you were recently on an episode of Gunawage 911 where you sort of uh, introduced the team and how it came to be. So would you be able to briefly tell us a little bit about how that all came together? Yeah, absolutely. So like I had mentioned on that episode, it's that, you know, in times of situations like this, right, pandemic, situations of emergency, KSCS is responsible for the psychosocial support in 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 times of emergency. So in Gunawage. And so, uh, yeah, so of course, as we know, you know, like I mentioned a little bit on the episode is that the pandemic for sure, right, is a physical emergency in a, in a sense, right? It's a virus. Folks are, are really concerned about our, our health, our safety. And that, of course, um, I think the task force did a really good job, right, of reacting really quickly. Um, but we quickly realized that it also became quite the mental health emergency, right? People were disconnected. You weren't able to spend time with your family. Perhaps you were working differently. You weren't going to school or at least not, you know, not in person. And so we really saw an increase in requests for services at, um, at KSCS. So a request for psychosocial services, right? So folks are maybe calling in because they're struggling with anxiety around this or, or something like that. And so, yeah. And so, uh, the idea was, okay, so we have the task force who, again, is doing a great job. And they were, they were actually focusing on mental health as well. It's just like anything else, you know, they, they had their priorities. And so it was developed at KSCS that maybe we should have kind of like a branch or like an arm of the task force that really is focusing a little bit more on mental wellness and what that means and what the effects are and how we might be able to help folks out in the community um, with that. So, so that's how the actual action team came about. We, we wanted to include all of the different, you know, organizations in the community, key resource people, again, just to see like, okay, well, we're seeing an increase, but like, what about you economic development? Or like, what about you ed center? Like, how are you experiencing this? And how can we all, you know, work together so that we can see what's already being offered. So that was one thing that, you know, of course, like anything else, we're like all meeting. And then it's like, well, maybe we should do an inventory of what's already happening in the community for mental wellness. And it was huge. It was so great to see how the, the uh, organizations and businesses and everyone really was creative in finding ways to reach people 
um, because we weren't really able to see people in person anymore or anything like that. The programming was different, right? If we think of all the different orgs and all the things that we offer, it was like, how do we reach people who are at home now or, or the youth who are like on their computer? Like, what do we do? And so we saw that there was a wide range of, you know, things that had put in place. But of course, there were also gaps, right? There were kind of not people that were forgotten, but just, you know, that maybe weren't getting like the programming or services that they needed. And so then that's when we were like, okay, well, what do we do? Right. And can you talk about some of the organizations that you guys had approached to get involved with something like this? I know you said you wanted to uh, cover as much of the community as possible to, you know, first of all, look over some of the services that are already available, but um, just to give us an idea of who is involved. Right. So, okay. So of course, you know, we sit on at KSCS, we have reps from the education center, we have reps from um, Collective Impact. We have reps from Dewaduni Zakta, the Mohawk Council, Gunawage Youth Center. And then we kind of have some folks sometimes who, you know, who might pop in um, the Gunawage Fire Brigade, uh, the Peacekeepers. So, yeah, we really tried to reach as many organizations as we could. Um, like I had mentioned on the uh, on Gunawage 911 is that it is fluid, though, so you know, sometimes we have core members who are kind of always there, Kama was there, <laughs> but uh, then we have, you know, maybe some folks who come in when it's more specific, you know, or something, or we want to, we want to pull them on something. Um, so like right now, as an example, the Ed Center reps are like super important um, for us on, on the action team, because, you know, we're just going back right to in-person school. Like, so, so the youth are affected, the teachers are affected, the parents are affected, like the whole, you know, so, so yeah, so those are kind of the orgs that, that are involved. And one of the things that this team has been doing is you guys identified uh, specific groups within the community that were maybe not necessarily being targeted, if you will. So can you talk a little bit about, more about the, uh, the groups that are being looked at? Yeah, absolutely. So again, when we started um, doing that like inventory, so to speak, um, there were themes you know, if you want, that kind of came out. And so obviously um, youth was a big one, right? Like if we think of the effect that the pandemic has had on them, um, it's huge. Um, you know, from being not able to see your family to not being able to connect with your friends, which is kind of like your lifeline when you're young, right? Uh, not being able to do sports, art, whatever it is that kind of you identify, right? And you're trying to develop your identity and like, this is who I am, you know, I play this or I, you know, and now you kind of didn't have that. And then school, which of course is, you know, the main thing that youth kind of do every day. And now all of a sudden, either they were doing it online or maybe they were being homeschooled, but it was different is the bottom line. It's not that, you know, it couldn't work at all, but it was definitely different. And so we thought of, of them especially, then we thought of employees. So of, yes, the different orgs, of course, that are on our action team, but then anyone, right? I mean, businesses were closed for a long time. And so we have all those folks who like, you know, kind of lost their jobs for a while. Or then we have the employees who are in, in orgs. And so they all of a sudden went to this like um, working from home situation, which was really different perhaps from what they were doing and they had their kids at home. And so then how do you manage that? Right. And do you feel effective and how, how can you kind of balance it all? And so we thought, and then of course we had all of the, you know, 
frontline workers, first responder types who, you know, pandemic was huge, continues, of course, to, to be huge for them too. So, so we had that idea of employees and whatever that means, whether it be, you know, business or whatever, even um, entrepreneur, like anyone, right, who, who kind of saw their livelihood change. So we had those. And then we also thought of all the, and I mean, I wish we had like a better kind of name, but it was like, um, you know, particularly vulnerable populations. So if we think of people who have like um, persistent mental health, you know, uh, folks who live in residences. So, so if we think of elders who maybe are at the elders lodge, or if we think of the residents at the independent living center or those kinds of, you know, of situations, elders period, <laughs> like whether they're in the elder lodge, elders lodge or not, of course, this was a terribly scary time for them. Right. And, um, and so, so those types of people, people who are in recovery of all kinds of, you know, with all kinds of issues, it was really, really difficult for them. So we wanted to make sure in a sense that our programming or whatever it is that we did would actually target those three groups. And then of course, you know, the community as a whole, but we wanted to make sure to fill some of those gaps. And, and you spoke before about how the team has been uh, able to come up with uh, a list, if you will, uh, recommendations. I know specifically with the group that you work with, which uh, covers the, the employees, um, you mentioned before that there is some recommendations that these employees could bring to their employer or that the employer could provide. So could you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, absolutely. So again, um, when we were meeting, right, we're, we're thinking um, we're thinking of these employees who are either perhaps continuing to work from home or, or doing whatever it is. But then things over the summer and, you know, late uh, late spring, things started opening up a little bit, right? And so businesses that perhaps were closed, now they open. Uh, organizations where folks were just working from home are starting slowly to come back. And so we were like, hmm, we're not, you know, as employers say, we can't just like, okay, I know you've been home for a year and a half, but like you're back at work now Monday and like, that's it. Nothing's changed. You know, hope you like your desk again. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, that's not how it works. You've been home. You've been doing something different, perhaps. Maybe you haven't been working at all because you're, you know, your place was closed. And so you were taking care of your kids or, you know, things are different. And plus, even if not, even if you go back to kind of the exact same thing that you were doing, well, now there's like health check-ins and now you can't quite see your clients the same way, or maybe you can't operate in the same way. Maybe not all your colleagues are back. Like it's a big, you know, it's a big deal. And sometimes employers, and I don't think anyone's doing it like on purpose, but they're not considering just how difficult this situation was for everyone. Like the truth of the matter is that this was like, this was traumatic. This was collective trauma. And so you don't just go back like exactly the way you would, right? Um, this isn't a long vacation. Like you, you know, you were off for a reason and things are different when you come back. They, it might, they might feel similar, but it's, it's still very different. And so there's still a transition process in getting back into the office and back into the swing of things, right? Absolutely. So, so that was kind of our first, like, okay, employers, just at least be aware of that. Be aware that if you have you know, you're, you're, you're responsible for 20 employees as an example, maybe not all 20 feel the same way. Some might be super excited about coming back because they're like, I am done working from my kitchen table, right? Others are like, oh my gosh, I'm super fearful. What about my health and safety? What's going to be in place? Are the people around me healthy? Like it can, 
you know, cause a lot of anxiety for folks. As, as soon as we're feeling a little bit out of control or maybe like there's things that we don't know, um, that's when our, our anxiety levels go up, right? And so, so people are feeling that way in general. Um, and so we wanted uh, employers to be aware of that. So just as a, you know, general, I know that there was uh, a trauma-informed training uh, that was going to be put in place for the executive director's committee. Again, just so that, you know, the real, like the, the leadership of these organizations understand that, that you can't just like expect folks to come back to work and, and it's going to be all like it was, not that they did, but just to like, you know, reinforce that. And we wanted employers to, you know, some of the ideas, so to speak, that we had was like, okay, doesn't have to be anything elaborate, but A, take a phased in approach, like, you know, check on people, like, how you doing? How's this going to work for you? Is your kid back in school? Did they get their spot in daycare? Are there limited numbers? Like, you know, so that folks feel supported in their return to, to work and then create these like safe spaces for employees to just share. How was it for them over the last year and a half? Maybe all of their family members got sick and that was like really stressful, right? Or maybe their partner lost their job. Like these are big things that you want to make sure that staff at least have an opportunity to talk about it. So, you know, we used like the format of perhaps a sharing circle, but it, it can, you know, it can have any format that that you feel, you know, would work for your staff, but just allowing them to actually debrief and process like, yeah, that was hard. Like I, I felt like I wasn't able to reach my clients the same way. And so I had a lot of guilt about that, like, you know, and like reassure them um, and reassure them that, you know, the orgs, the businesses, whatever, are taking all measures possible to make sure that when people are coming back to work, that they're cared for and that they're included in decisions, because that's, that's a big one, right, for us to feel like agency, like to be able to, you know, have a control, so to speak, over our our environment. And so those were some of the, you know, the the ideas, so to speak, that we put out to employers. You mentioned some of the work earlier with the education center and about some of the things that are changing within the education center on a daily basis. And um, another group that we mentioned earlier that you guys have identified, obviously, is the youth. So I was just curious to know what kind of um, recommendations might be put forward to to the youth who are, maybe they don't express themselves the same way that an adult can, or maybe they can't necessarily ask for help when it comes to mental health. So I was just wondering what some of the uh, discussions surrounding youth sounded like over the last little while. Yeah, well, absolutely. So again, it's similar in the sense that, you know, we want youth to know that we know, <laughs> that we're fully aware of how difficult this has been for them you know, and that there are people in this community, lots of people who really care about them and about how we're going to help them moving forward. And so I know all the different organizations that actually kind of come in contact or that their clients, I don't love that word, but like, you know, that their users are youth are really putting things into place. So if we think of, you know, the youth center, um, they're putting like more, you know, youth workers on staff to support them um, through that, making sure that youth do find someone to connect to. That can be a peer. It doesn't have to be a, you know, a counselor or whatever. Like maybe it's a peer. Maybe it's someone just, again, these spaces where they can at least share their experience. And so, you know, as an example, 
um, on the first week of uh, back to school, we uh, the education center did reach out to KSCS and we're like, ooh, like, this is feeling a little bit heavy right now. Like these youth, imagine this was a good example and it really did. Like imagine this youth who's in eighth grade. Okay, so they started off their high school career experience online last year. So going to high school is a big deal. Like I don't know if you remember, it's kind of long ways for me. But anyway, I remember it's a big deal, right? You're super nervous, whatever. How's it going to be? Now it's online. Bleh. Okay. So now you adapt to kind of that. And now you're going for your first time. Now you're in eighth grade. So yes, you're not, you're not new, so to speak, but you've never been to the school. You've never been in person. Some of these classmates were like black squares last year. Like you don't, right? You don't know what's going on. And so they had some of the highest levels of anxiety because they hadn't even kind of had that normal, so to speak, regular transition to high school. And so it's okay if those youth are feeling overwhelmed or like, what? Like, like, where is this place? And now all of a sudden I have to wake up early, right? To get on the bus. Like, cause one good thing I guess about online learning is at least you can like wake up like four minutes before class. Um, so now it's back to routine and it's back to, I don't know, making sure I have my lunch and did I forget my gym clothes, like whatever, things that they kind of didn't have to. They had other things, of course, to worry about last year, but not those types of things. And so so we went in and gave some um, anxiety workshops because I think the most important thing, and yes, I did some and I was met with some blank stares <laughs> from some of the youth, but it's okay. The idea is that folks here that what you're feeling is totally normal. You are not just there alone having these feelings and you're like, am I, am I losing it? Like, am I, am I the only one? Because we always feel like we're the only one who's going through something. Totally not. Like, not even close. Like, everyone around you, I promise you, is also feeling that way. And so just saying that, usually at least folks can kind of like sit back in their chair and be like, really? Yeah, no, really. And here are some, some things that you can do to try to like, you know, decrease that, that anxiety. And I feel like usually by explaining to folks what is happening, either in their mind or in their body, um, it really does decrease, you know, their anxiety because they're like, okay, so, so I'm okay. Like it doesn't feel good, but it's okay, right? Yeah, it's okay. This is a normal reaction to an abnormal situation. So you're good, you know? Right. So the approach to each of the, uh, the groups, I'll call them that were identified that we talked about earlier. Um, there's teams working specifically on each of, uh, with each of those groups rather. And there was another one we talked about earlier, of course, is our, our elders. And then there was the people who need to, um, regularly, if you will, access, uh, mental health services. So what's, um, some of the work that's taking place specifically with that group? Like, mm -hmm. yeah. So we had a whole bunch of like, initiatives or activities, so to speak, planned because we wanted people to be able to kind of come together again and share, you know, their experiences. Unfortunately, some of them were like um, community-wide initiatives or activities and fourth wave kind of <laughs> ruined our life <laughs> with that. Um, you know, we had this really great idea of a, um, we we're going to call it a walk towards recovery. Again, the whole idea is of awareness 
a lot of people saw their mental illnesses or um, situations really get a lot worse during COVID, unfortunately. You know, like um, one of my mentors, uh, Susie Goodleaf, always says that connection is the correction. Well, this past year, unfortunately, there hasn't been a lot of opportunities for connection. I think I think the organizations and different things tried really hard, like say by providing services via like telehealth and stuff like that, which was innovative and was fantastic. But I think that when you're really not going through a good time and you just want to have someone beside you, right, who can like reassure you, that was difficult, right? And people who used to, I don't know, go to the movies, like as their outlet, all of a sudden you can't do that. Who used to go see their grandmother, who all of a sudden you can't do that. So there was a lot of loneliness. There was a lot of time spent apart. And so I know that the group that's working with, you know, those populations in, in particular are trying really hard to see, okay, so working with the different orgs to see like, okay, let's make sure that these people have access to their family members, right? Like there were good, there were very good reasons why, you know, some of the centers and stuff had to kind of be, you know, closed for a, a period. But now let's make sure that folks are are able to to connect and that again, they're able to find spaces where they can come together in together to just say, hey, that was rough, right? Like I had a really hard time. You did too? Totally. And just be able to share their experiences. And so again, one of the activities was this idea of a, a walk towards recovery so that the community can come together and actually, you know, speak about these things, speak about folks who are struggling with mental illness, speak about um, people who are uh, struggling with substance abuse and destigmatize it and make it less scary somehow to others and just recognize that it's it's just another thing that we struggle with and that there you know and that there's all these different services to to help you so that's kind of the approach for for that group what has the reception been like to people finding out about this this team that has been working so hard like this for so long it has been fantastic jordan <laughs> for real though um i think as soon as people heard about it they were really uh they were really happy to know that we were putting just as much work emphasis thought into people's you know mental emotional and spiritual wellness as we were into their physical wellness which is kind of been our our focus for a little while which again we know why it's not a you know but now we have to make sure that folks are also being supported in that way so yeah i mean the organizations were happy to to join in i think there was a pretty good response like from from folks um hearing about it for the first time and and hopefully i mean i really hope people feel you know people feel supported and uh, and come to us even with ideas so how could community members access these resources that we've been talking about uh, over the last little while? You know, each group, there's a dedicated group looking after specific groups in the community. But just to, you know, for a parent who might be having some of their own anxieties at home and they would like to get some more information from the team that's looking after the youth, if you will. So just curious to know how people can can go about getting some of this information from the team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so of course. So so they can contact the team directly, like through individual community members. So like say myself or um, Cheryl Zachary, who's the director of family preservation at KSCS. Um, I would say like, as an example, if you're in a, 
specific group, like not to, but like say you're an employee and you're concerned about yourself and your, your colleagues. Well, I would say to, you know, talk to your employer and just be like, Hey, I just heard about this, you know, mental wellness action team. Like, do you, do we sit on that? Like, does our business, does our organization like sit on that? And so then kind of go that way. Right. So that we can like give the services to your whole org, say, as opposed to like just a, just a one person and same for a parent. Like obviously they can contact us directly. They can contact KSCS intake directly, you know, to say like, I'm, I'm struggling. My son is struggling. You know, my child is struggling, whatever, but it might also be beneficial to, you know, bring it up to, you know, the teacher or the principal or whatever of where they are, just so that perhaps it could be, you know, like a bigger initiative, you know, if they're like, we're concerned about the students in our school or whatever, how can we access this team or these resources that this team has just so that it's maybe a little bit more like broad as opposed to, you know, person per person, which again, they're, they're super welcome to, to reach out. I just wonder if perhaps it would be, you know, beneficial. You're, cause again, for sure, if you're worrying about it, like you're not the only parent, uh, everyone else around you is also worrying about it. So if we can kind of go to the school as an example and give it to the, you know, talk to as many parents as possible or as many students as possible, it just seems like that, that would kind of be a, you know, a better, like a better way. And I know that because the pandemic could change on a daily basis, the, the focus of your team could also change then very quickly. But outside of that, you guys must have a plan of, of certain things that you would like to continue doing and accomplishing on a regular basis. So is there anything that the team is looking to, to begin offering or working on in the near future? Yeah. So, so absolutely. And you're totally right. Like, so an example is that, yes, I'm part of like the sub, you know, the subgroup for employees as an example. Well, right now, the start of the school year kind of ramped up this idea of helping out our teachers as an employee group, just, you know, because like they're really going through a lot right now. So we, the mental wellness action team has taken on making sure that we're providing wellness initiatives for the teachers in particular. Okay. So that's one example of how, kind of how we reacted, right? We were like, Ooh, we're sensing like a big need over here. So we're going to go and kind of deploy our resources <laughs> to this particular area right now. So right now it's going to be a huge focus on teachers because we want to make sure that they feel supported, that they feel heard, and that we can try as best as possible. We're not able to fix like all kinds, you know, but just to know that, that, we, that we know what they're going through and that we can, you know, try to help in any way that, that we can. So we're going to try and provide some wellness initiatives for them, right? Um, again, if we think of the youth, I think everyone now who sits on the mental wellness action team or not, who are just, who work with youth are coming up with major strategies of how to reach them. So, okay, they're back in school now. So the best idea is probably to reach them there, like right in, you know, kind of the, the whole the motto elements. of like, yeah, and like go where they are. <laughs> so they're in school now. Great. Like I said, education center reached out for these anxiety workshops. Yay. Maybe have some, you know, pop in support group type things in the school so that a youth can just go and have someone to, to talk with. You know, I know we're thinking of programming for parents, you know, who are dealing with, with this situation and how do I make sure my, my youth is okay and is not, you know, riddled with anxiety and can try to go back 
to us, you know, quote unquote, normal. Um, so I know that those, those people who are working with the youth, um, who are in the youth group have thought of, you know, I don't know, ideas of like putting up either these like pop-up stands or these bulletin boards or whatever, where youth are. So if we think of like going to the rink or like, you know, trying to reach them where they are, because we know, they know they're not on Facebook. Right. <laughs> we know they're right. not on Facebook. <laughs> so, so, you know, just going to where they are and trying to provide, um, again, those, those supports. And also fun, fun, okay? Because I know I'm mental wellness and addiction and that doesn't sound very fun, <laughs> but we're also aware that folks need that. We haven't had a lot of that, right? It's been a lot of, you know, having to watch and being careful. And of course, I, I definitely encourage folks to still be careful, but Absolutely. it's just to say that as a young person, you know, they've had to deal with things that they shouldn't have to worry about so much. And so how can we also, even employees, how can we make sure that they're doing, you know, they're having some lightness too. And so that they have some moments to just be like, you know, feel joy and feel, you know, fun as opposed to always this like. Because that's what it's supposed to be about too, right? I mean, you got to have that, that balance, that balance there. Absolutely. And so same idea for anyone who's working with the, you know, the vulnerable population group. How best can we reach, you know, those people? What's the best way to, you know, include, you know, the elders in, you know, their own, like their own healing and how can we reach them and how can we go to them? Uh, because, yeah, it's important. There's been so much, again, disconnection, a lot of alone time and we know that that's i mean that's just not how we work anyway you know we're very collective like you know we like to be connected to others and so how do we um how do we do that and how do we go to people and be like look i i get it i get what's going on right now come with me we're gonna you know we're gonna find other folks who who are experiencing the same thing and and we're gonna chat about it so if we have some Ganawage Ronu who are listening who say, you know, I have some ideas about, you know, maybe how this group could help this particular group in the community, or I would like to sit in on these these meetings or take part with the uh, the employees group. I know that you guys are definitely encourage that. So what's some of the ways that they could go about um, reaching out to you guys to say, I'd like to get involved? Yeah, well, exactly. Kind of simply just like that, you know, like so they can, and of course they could email me directly, but the, you know, the actual contact person that we had put was Cheryl Zachary at, uh, at KSCS. So either by email, phone, you know, um, just contact her and just be like, look, I've been hearing about this mental wellness action team. I want to get involved or I just have an idea. You know, sometimes folks don't necessarily have the time like to get fully involved, but maybe they have an idea. Or like I said, it would be beneficial if someone calls from their actual, you know, like, hey, I've noticed my colleagues and I, this is what we're feeling. Like, this is what could maybe be helpful to us. So, you know, is there anything that, that we could, that we could um, get at our organization as an example um, to help our staff? So there's absolutely tons of work going on behind the scenes. And I think people could take a lot of comfort in knowing that there is a, a mental health action team that's looking uh, specifically at mental health in our community. With that being said, Alana, I was just wondering if there was anything else you might like to say about the uh, the team or some of the work that's been happening. Well, again, I guess uh, I like the idea of encouraging folks to, you know, reach out to us um, because, you know, it's like anything else. Like 
we know what we know, we think what we think, you know, but it's always great to have, um, to have another perspective. And, uh, yeah, I guess it's just to, you know, for folks, like you said, to take comfort in, in the idea that this is being looked in. A lot of folks are really aware of what you're going through, even as an individual, as a parent, as a youth, as an employee, as a elder, as someone who struggles with their mental illness every single day, we see you. We know, we know that this is going on. And a lot of us like are really concerned about it and want to make sure that you are getting absolutely anything you need in order to get, to get through this and that we are in this together, which is super cheesy, but it's just that it's the truth. Like we know that there's, you know, there's no other way to get through it um, than together. And so, yeah. So if folks have ideas or suggestions or, you know, just want to know more or, you know, um, please, like, we're just so happy to, to, for folks to reach out to us and, you know, for us to give any more information or, you know, come and help you out with something like we're really, we're hoping that that's what it's going to spark. Well, it's always a pleasure being able to speak to you, Alana. I'd like to say Nyawagoa for coming in today to share yeah. this very important information. And thank you so much for your work. Oh, well, thank you so much for reaching out to us too, because again, right, like you kind of hope that it's going gonna, it's gonna to spark some interest. And so we love talking about it. So yeah, so thanks so much for this. Nyawagoa. Yo. Thanks for listening to your Diwaze's front page. Stay up to date with all your Diwaze podcasts, including The Lead, Profiles, The Cycle, and Front Page by following the Yerdiwaze podcast channel on Apple, Spotify, and Google. This project has been made possible by the Community Media Strategic Support Fund, which is offered jointly by Official Language Minority Community Media Consortium and the Government of Canada. views and opinions of the guests expressed in this podcast do not reflect those of your DWSA and its employees.